Thanks for listening to The Vine's podcast. The Vine is a church in Austin, Texas, with the simple goal of following Jesus together. And we hope this message helps you in doing just that. Welcome to The Vine's online worship service. We're coming to you um, from Mercury Hall, and we're excited about this new space out here. So starting on November 15th, we're going to be meeting out here, and we'll do family-style worship where you'll sit together in your in small groups and this will be beautiful so we're excited about november 15th come and join us and wednesday night of this week we had a special worship service here inside so we'll be watching a recording of that for this morning's service but now let us set our hearts to worship by hearing our scripture for this morning from ephesians 3. for this reason i kneel before the father from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you being rooted and established in love may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. And to know that this love that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than we all ask or imagine according to his power that is the work within us. To him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. We are going through the book of Ephesians. And as we do so, it's this incredible opportunity that we see, uh, see God's purpose and plans for a church. And uh, the church in Ephesus wasn't that all different from a church like ours. And so tonight as we go through this book, we're going to look at what, what Christ was intending for that community. And tonight I want to talk about power. What we find in uh, Ephesians 3 is... Uh, a turn where Paul really cares a lot that this church would be filled with surprising power. So most scholars, when they look at the book of Ephesians, they, uh, they break it into two halves. The first three chapters uh, are the first half, and it's really focused on what Christ has done. Um, uh, what Christ has done uh, to redeem the community, what Christ has done to create an adoption uh, for people to be reconciled to God. And, and the surprise is not only that what Christ has done to make things right with God, but also with each other. So this wall of barriers, this hostility that they had with one another is also being destroyed. And it's a beautiful thing. But there's this turn where the second chapter is all about the response that we have to what Christ has done. And it begins to instruct us on what does it look like now that we've experienced the gospel? What does that actually look like for us in our life? But between those two chapters, Paul breaks into a prayer. And it's as if this, for Paul to see the bridge between what Christ has done and our response to it, there's something that's really, really important that this church gets. And so he falls to his knees is what he, he writes and he begins to pray. And he prays for power. That the only way that this community can respond in a faithful way is they are filled with a certain type of power to do something. Now just take a moment and think, out of all the different things, what would you expect 
God to empower people to be able to do. So out of all the different things that, what do you imagine God telling, or wanting to empower a community to do? So if it's fine, go ahead and turn to someone near you, and if you have a mask on, you can shout it a little bit louder. Just think about what that might be and turn to the person next to you and share that. Okay, I'm, I'm curious. I'm curious what, what that would be. So let's hear from a couple people. What do you think God would empower people to be able to do? See through his eyes? Good. Uh huh. Share the good news of the gospel. Yep, boldness in sharing the gospel. What else? There's no grade. We're not going to mock you. I mean, like the former version of me would think that God would want to empower me to be more holy, to be more blameless. Another way of saying it is to mark sin less, <laughs> just a little bit less. Uh, there's times in my life where it would be, yeah, boldness in sharing the truth. I would also, there's times in my life where it would be, I think God would want to empower me, have more courage to go to the ends of the earth, to speak truth in any point to any person. Uh, many of us would think that God would want to empower us towards compassion and justice and mercy. And all those things are true and important, but Paul sees that there's a deeper need that this church has. Uh, that something, be empowered to do something more and so he falls to his knees in verse 14 and says for this reason I kneel before the father from whom every family in heaven and earth derive its name I pray that out of his glorious riches he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being this is com complicated language here but he's praying that we could be strengthened in power in our inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. Paul believes that the greatest need for this church is that they would be empowered so that Christ would dwell in their hearts. That this is what God wants to do. And for a community like a church in Ephesus that was known to be like the religious epicenter for the Greek and Roman culture, this God is different than the other gods. Unlike the gods known in Ephesus, Christ is not distant, Christ is not indifferent, is not removed. Christ actually longs to dwell not only among us, but within us. Or as in the words here, is in their inner being so that Christ may dwell in their hearts through faith. Their understanding of the heart is that there is a part of you, a central part of you, a core part of you that everything flows from your mind your your physicality your spiritual well-being all of it flows from your heart and and that's where Christ wants to dwell richly is there in that so Paul is praying for power that that could happen in us and Paul goes on to pray and I pray that you being rooted and established in love rooted and established so an editor might hear Paul's words and say, hey, just pick one image. Because what Paul's doing is Paul's choosing rooted as an agricultural image, established as an architectural image about some sort of foundation. And Paul's saying here that, no, 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 you need to know this, that my, my prayer is that you being rooted and established in love, just like the tree's roots provide security 
and sustenance that it provides a sense of well-being you know the deeper the roots go the further the branches can extend that this is the way our life is that we've been rooted in Christ's love it sustains us it provides for us it creates stability in our life and just like a foundation being established in God's love the only reason you would build anything is if you knew the foundation upon which you were building was that was sure it was dependable and this is what Paul is saying is that you're you've been established in God's love like that's this the only safe and secure place to to build your life from it's here so your life draw, draws upon Christ's love. It stems from Christ's love. It's built upon that. And he goes on to say that you being rooted and established in Christ's love may have power. Again, the second time we've heard this word. May have power, power to be blameless, a power to be, go and take the mission of Christ to all people. No, that's not what he's praying for. Instead, that you may have power with all of the Lord's holy people, not just for you. God's work is not just for you. It's about all of God's holy people, that you could have power together with all of the holy people to grasp, to seize, to lay hold of how wide and long and deep is the love of Christ. This is what I want you to have power for is to understand the boundless limits of Jesus' love. It goes on in verse 19. And to know that this love surpasses all knowledge. It's almost like a bit of irony that Paul is saying, I pray that you would be able to know that which you cannot know. <laughs> which is like, for, me, for many of us, we're like, well, what's the point? If we can never know it, what's the point of us trying to have the ability to know it what Paul is saying there's there's good news in the fact that you cannot comprehend the limits of God's love. Uh, Father Richard Rohr, he was talking once about mystery with Christ. And mystery with Christ is different than the mystery of this world. When we think about mystery in this world, it means just you, you can't know it. That's the mystery of this world. But with Christ, it's not that we can't know it, can't understand it. It's that it's infinitely knowable. Like there's no limits to the ability for us to, to, to experience it, to, to relationally engage with it, that with Christ, his love is limitless. And this is the mystery of God. The mystery of God is not God is unknowable, that is God is distant, it's that God is infinitely knowable. His love is infinitely experienced in our life. And what I believe that what Paul is doing here, he's praying that they would have power to be able to, to see this, to know it, to seize that kind of love, because he knows that if only we would experience that, the power to see that kind of love, if only we would do that, how different our lives would be. If only if the veil was pulled back just for one moment for us to see and experience the unbounded love of Christ, we would no longer seek to find our value in small things. We would no longer be tempted to compare ourselves with other people we would be no longer be inhibited by the things of this world our greatest identity would then be as it is right now for you and me that we are God's beloved and that belovedness that we have of God is not small there's there's in it's impossible for us to comprehend the bounds of that love we need that kind of power 
Paul goes on to say, Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all that we could ask or imagine, according to his power. Third time do you say power in this. According to his power that is at work within us. Friends, this is good news because for those who feel hopeless today, there is a God who is able to do immeasurably more. For those who have grown weary in this season of life, there is a God who can do more than we could even ask or imagine. That there is a God who loves us and has a future beyond what we could dream of. The problem for us is not that we expect too much from God. is I think it's instead that we expect too little. We dream too little. C.S. Lewis, he once wrote, It would seem as if that our Lord finds our desires not too strong, but too weak. We are half-hearted creatures fooling about with drink and sex and ambition when infinite joy is offered us. Like an ignorant child who wants to go on making mud pies in a slum because he cannot imagine what it would mean to be offered the holiday at the sea, we are far too easily pleased. God is a God of immeasurably more, more than we could ask or imagine. That's, those are God's plans for us as God's people. Now, if we were to stop there, we might think that all of this is a version of self-help. Like if all of it is about me experiencing love, like greater love than I've ever had, to know that God has great plans for me, immeasurably more plans for me, this is where all things end for me is my experience. But in fact, Paul's prayer points this to where all things end with Christ. There is the end of this type of love. It's not just a better version of us, but he says the very end of this prayer. He says, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. This prayer ends with God receiving glory. And that's what happens when we have been transformed by the power, the limitless power of God's love. It's inevitable that God gets glory. Why? That's the kind of God that we know and we love and we serve and we worship. He chooses the glory that he wants is to see us overpowered by his love and be transformed. That gives God glory. It's not seeing us serve over it being dominated by him. It's seeing us experience the limitless nature of his love and for us reflexively just to respond in gratitude. For us just reflexively worship Christ for his, he who has loved us so well. This is why we as a church, we think worship is so important. is because God is worthy of it through his love, through his grace, he has transformed us and he sees us as people and as a community transformed by his love and that for him is glory. You know those rare moments in your life where you've experienced pure love? When you experience pure wonder? This weird response happens to me in those moments that I reflexively say thank you. You know those moments where it's just too beautiful to take in? Those moments that are just hit you deeply in your soul and you just reflexively just want to say thank you. That is how God has created us to worship. So now as we go to God and worship, I just want you guys to take a moment. I just wish that you, had, you and I had power to know of God's love. 
so that we could join in with all of the saints to say to him, be glory in the church and throughout all generations. If only we had power to see the extravagance of this love, to know it deep in our hearts. If only we were rooted and established in that kind of love. If only we could have power to grasp how wide and deep and long is the love of Christ. A love that is wide enough for the entire world. A love that's long enough to stretch from eternity to eternity. A love that's so high that it gives us a different perspective on what life is about. A love that is so deep it goes uh, beyond our regrets, our shame, around the power of sin and around the power of death. It goes deeper than all of that and it sustains our life. It gives us a foundation for both now and forevermore. Vine Church, there is nothing more important in your life than to know Christ and to know that kind of love. There's nothing more important for your life. So may God give us the power through his presence who is here right now to know this limitless love. And so compelled by experiencing that to give God all the glory both now and forevermore. Amen.